It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air. Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all VD heads, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And this week, as we're celebrating Earth Day this week, yes, cleaning up the Earth and taking care of that planet that we all live on, we have all kinds of fun as we are celebrating Earth Day and the future all at the same time for show number 72 for the week of April 24th, 2014. And in celebrating Earth Day, part of that is also heading into the future. And to help us do that, we have none other than the voice of the land, the voice of the Tomorrowland Transit Authority, as well as the composer of the Space Mountain Exit Concourse, we have none other than Mike Brussell stopping in here at the show. That's right, Mike Brussell is going to be stopping in here at the show. You have heard Mike if you have attended the Walt Disney World Resort, as he is the voice of the attraction The Land at Epcot, as well as the voice of the Tomorrowland Transit Authority in Tomorrowland, and he also composed much of the music that you're going to hear when you're exiting the Space Mountain attraction. He's a voice actor, a voice artist, a music composer, and more, and Mike is going to be stopping in and sharing all his experiences about voicing these iconic attractions at the Walt Disney World Resort, composing music, as well as many other things that he does on the side, including AIDS awareness campaigns and more. And Mike is going to be spreading the word and having fun and helping us celebrate Earth Day in the future all at the same time. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-Team. That's right, the D-Team is back. You have questions and he has answers. And Aaron's going to be dipping his hand in that virtual mailbag and answering all your questions once again with I Want to Know. We also have Paige back as she's going to be stopping in with the Magical Music Review. And we also have Jason. Jason's going to be going deep into the vault and uncovering one of those Blu-rays and DVDs that you want to add to your collection. And let's not forget, heading on Down Under, as we have our D-Team member from Down Under, Lexi, stopping in as she's going to give us a little bit more about our very special guest here this week, Mike Purcell. We also have tons of news hot off the D-Wire from the theme parks, DVDs, Blu-rays, brand new music, and more. So we have tons of news hot off the D-Wire here this week. There's all kinds of magic, fun, and all kinds of goodies that you've come to expect. So as the show is going to be on two polar opposites here this week, as we're celebrating the planet we live on with Earth Day, we're also going to be heading into the future. So let's officially kick off our Earth Day Tomorrowland Futuristic Saving the Planet Edition show for show number 72 for the week of April 24th, 2014. I'll be right back, all VD heads. Just make believe you're a tiny little seed Tiny little seed that's reaching up to meet your need With the right amount of faith and the right amount of earth You'll grow to see the sunshine on your day of birth Let's listen to the land we all love Nature's plan will shine upon Listen to the land, listen to the land Let's listen to the land we all love Nature's plan will shine upon Listen to the land, listen to the land 
When springtime comes, how can you tell? The air is always filled with orange blossom smell. Come summertime, the warmest sunshine, and the world is full of flowers and good melon rinds. Let's listen to the land we all love. Nature's plan will shine above. Listen to the land. Listen to the land. Let's listen to the land we all love. Nature's plan will shine above. Listen to the land, listen to the land. When autumn falls, it's a harvest show. With north winds blowing all the seeds that it must sow. Come winter time, the rain must fall. Till once again the new year and the springtime call. Let's listen to the land we all love. Nature's plan will shine upon. Listen to the land, listen to the land. Let's listen to the land we all love. Nature's plan will shine upon. Listen to the land, listen to the land. The seasons come and the seasons go. Nature knows everything that it must know. The earth and man can be good friends. Let's listen so our harvest time will never end. Let's listen to the land we all love. Nature's plan will shine upon. Listen to the land, listen to the land. Let's listen to the land we all love. Nature's plan will shine upon. Listen to the land, listen to the land. Just make believe you're a tiny little seed, a tiny little seed that's reaching. Of all the planets in our universe, there is only one that we know can support life. It's called Earth. Disney Nature Films proudly presents a BBC, Greenlight Media, and Discovery Channel production of an extraordinary motion picture event about one year in the life of the creatures who share our planet. Clumpy way he walks. Or the grumpy way he talks. Or the pear-shaped, square-shaped weirdness of his feet. And though we know he washes well, he always ends up sort of smelly. But you'll never meet a fellow who's as sensitive and sweet. So he's a bit of a fixer-upper. So he's got a few flaws. Like his peculiar brain, dear. This thing with the reindeer that's a little outside of nature's laws. So he's a bit of a fixer-upper, but this we're certain of. You can fix this fixer-upper up with a little bit of love. Can we please just stop talking about this? We've got a real actual problem here. I'll say. So tell me, dear, 
Is it the way that he runs scared? Or that he's socially impaired? Or that he only likes to tinkle in the woods? What? Are you holding back your fondness due to his unmanly blondness? Or the way he covers up that easy, honest goods? He's just a bit of a fixer-upper. He's got a couple of buds. His isolation is confirmation of his desperation for healing hugs. So she's a bit of a fixer-upper. That's a minor thing. Her quote engagement is a flex arrangement. And by the way, I don't see no ring. So she's a bit of a fixer-upper. Her brain's a bit betwixt. Get the fiancé out of the way and the whole thing will be fixed. We're not saying you can change him because people don't really change. We're only saying that love's a force that's powerful and strange. That can fix a fixer upper is Do you, Anna, take Kristoff to be your trollfully wedded? Wait, what? You're getting married. Hey, this is Danny Woodburn from Crash and Burn Scene, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. It's Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. Ooh, I thought you were dead. Uh, uh, With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. Was this baby? We'll never be alone. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. All right, all of you D-heads, so I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 72 for the week of April 24th, 2014, as we're celebrating Earth Day all week long with all things with our planet, Earth Day, as well as heading into the future with our very special guest here this week, Mike Brissell. And as I already mentioned, Mike is the official voice of the Tomorrowland Transit Authority, the land at Epcot. He's also a composer of a lot of great tracks at Space Mountain and many other goodies. And Mike is going to be stopping in here very shortly to talk about all those things being part of these Disney classic attractions, what's he doing now, and many other things on the horizon. In addition, we have the D-Team here and all kinds of news hot off the D-Wire. We have all kinds of fun lined up here this week, all of you D-Heads. So before I jump right into news hot off the D-Wire, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z-Radio.com. There you can visit our full list of past shows, the complete archives. All 72 shows are in our archives. The latest news blogs and more right there on our website at DizRadio.com. D-I-Z-Radio.com. 
You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. You can find us on Stitcher Radio and iTunes, just search Diz Radio, and you can also follow us on Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, and more. Just search Disney Blue, B-L-U, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, as we continue our trek with the planet and Earth Day and heading into the future, let's jump into news hot off the D-wire here this week, and let's start, how fitting, with Animal Kingdom. And how about Disney's Animal Kingdom making room for the Avatar expansion with the Lion King being relocated. That's right, throughout the park you can now see construction walls and aerials that are closed off to the public view. That's because Animal Kingdom is in a transformation period that will make the park a true full-day park as many Disney enthusiasts are calling it. This last January, Disney World broke ground on the new Avatar-inspired land coming to Disney's Animal Kingdom. Now, the project, based on the 2009 film by director James Cameron, was announced in 2011, and it is expected to open around 2017. Now, Pandora, as park officials call the Avatar Land, will bring guests the experience visiting the fictional moon from the film, including walking among floating mountains with cascading waterfalls and floating down a jungle river in bioluminescent plants. Now, Disney said the land will also include a ride in which guests will discover what it feels like to soar into the sky riding a banshee, winged creatures that played the starring role in the blockbuster movie. Now, this new area is expected to be housed in the area known as Camp Mini Mickey, which has now been officially shut down. Now, although no official details have been given since the groundbreaking festivities took place in January, the Festival of the Lion King show is now being relocated into the land of Africa at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Now, the show was put on hiatus on January 5th. Now, construction can be seen in the Africa section where there are many walls and a new auditorium is going to stand. Now, in addition to Pandora, Animal Kingdom is going to add a nighttime spectacular event that will help transition the park into a full-day attendance park. Now, Disney's Animal Kingdom recently celebrated its 16th anniversary, opening on Earth Day, April 22nd, 1998. Since then, it has maintained shorter hours than the other three parks at the Walt Disney World Resort, and it is the only park of the four that doesn't extend into nighttime hours. Disney is definitely hoping that this is going to change that. Now, continuing on with news, let's talk about Hong Kong Disneyland and its set to debut its first Iron Man ride. That's right, the LA Times has now confirmed that the new Iron Man ride coming to Hong Kong Disneyland in 2016 won't easily be replicated at Disney theme parks around the world, because it is a $100 million Iron Man experience, a simulator ride. Now, recent updates to the Star Tours attractions at Disneyland in California and Tokyo Disneyland in Japan mean Tony Stark won't be replacing Darth Vader anytime soon. Now, so far, there's been leaked ride lineups for Shanghai Disneyland that don't indicate any Marvel attractions, and Disney officials have said that the new Iron Man ride is intended to distinguish the Hong Kong Park from the $4.4 billion Shanghai Park set the debut in 2015. Now, Iron Man won't be flying into any of the other four parks in the Walt Disney World Resort in the near future as Universal Studios Orlando's maintains exclusive rights to use the Marvel characters in Florida. That leaves only Disneyland Paris, whose executives have publicly pined for a Marvel-themed park but might settle for an Iron Man attraction as well. Now, Disney promises that the new Iron Man simulator will be more technology advanced than the updated Star Tours attractions that debuted in 2010 with multiple ride scenarios. Now, this is the first Marvel ride at any Disney theme park 
that will be built on location once aside from Hong Kong's Disney's Tomorrowland for a Star Tours attraction that never materialized. Now visitors entering the Stark Expo Pavilion will encounter an exhibition of Iron Man suits and other innovations by the man himself, billionaire industrialist Tony Stark. Continuing along with Disney Parks, since we are in resort news, how about Disney Springs? Yes, and the Disney Springs lineup may include upscale, critically acclaimed restaurants. Now, Biz Journal has officially stated that the Walt Disney World's transformation of downtown Disney into the new Disney Springs may bring some critically acclaimed restaurants to the shopping, dining, entertainment district. Now, according to Orlando food blogger Scott Joseph, some of the big-name restaurants in the running to be added to the Disney Springs lineup may include Morimito, a Japanese sushi restaurant by Chef master Morimito, STK, a modern steakhouse, The Edison, an invention-era restaurant, and The Boathouse, a concept from the creators of Rainforest Cafe. Now, the new upscale and critically acclaimed restaurants to the area add more dining options and shine a spotlight on Orlando's culinary prowess. Now, new restaurants also create jobs and opportunities for local suppliers as well as construction firms. Now, earlier this year, the Orlando Business Journal took a look at the restaurant lineup for downtown Disney at the Disneyland Resort in Anaheim, California, to come up with a few ideas of what else could be planned for the largest expansion in downtown Disney history. Now, since we are talking about the parks, let's just keep it with the parks and another moneymaker for the Walt Disney Studios and Walt Disney Parks and Star Wars Weekends. Yes, Star Wars Weekends is now less than a month away. And Walt Disney World has announced the official lineup for celebrity guests, including first-timers Mark Hamill and even a past guest in our archives here at Diz Radio, John Ratzenberger. Yes, you heard me correct. That's right, a few years before Cheers, John Ratzenberger appeared in a minor role in The Empire Strikes Back, as many fans of Star Wars know it, as Major Bren Durlin during the battle on the ice planet of Hoth. Now, Ratzenberger is no stranger to Disney fans. As I already mentioned, he was a past guest in our archives here at DizRadio.com, and he's also been in every single Pixar feature film to date, including the most notably known as Ham the Pig from the Toy Story series. Now, there are a variety of different people that are going to be lined up for Star Wars Weekends 2014, including Weekend 1, having Ahmad Best, who's best known as Jar Jar Binks, with Peter Mayhew, who is Chewbacca. Weekend 2 is going to have Warwick Davis, as well as Jeremy Bullock, who you know as Boba Fett. Now, Weekend 3 will have Ray Park, everybody's favorite, Darth Maul, as well as John Ratzenberger. Weekend 4 is going to have Mark Hamill, yes, Luke Skywalker himself. You're also going to have Ray Park once again, and Billy D. Williams, Lando Calrissian. And Weekend 5 is going to have D. Bradley Baker, yes, the voice icon himself, who plays Captain Captain Rex, and also Tom Kane, who is Yoda, as well as a narrator and several additional characters from the Clone Wars. There's going to be a lot of great things that are lined up for Star Wars Weekends, and this year, I think Star Wars Weekends is going to be bigger than ever, now that Star Wars is under the Disney umbrella. Now, since we are talking about big things and moneymakers for Disney, how about Frozen? Yes, you can't go a week without talking about Frozen or something that has to do with Frozen. And how about Walt Disney Records' Frozen soundtrack is now maintaining the number one position on the Billboard Top 200 album chart for 11 non-consecutive weeks. Now, that is a feat. For 11 non-consecutive weeks on the Billboard Top 200 chart, Frozen is maintaining that spot. You gotta say that that has to be because, you know, now that the Blu-ray sales are through the roof, how many little kids now want to go to Target or go to the music venue of your choice, download the album, listen to the songs? You know, it's a great film. It really is entertaining, but come on, that is a feat. Maintaining the number one position on the Billboard Top 200 album charts for 11 non-consecutive weeks. Disney is definitely on a roll. Now, shifting gears from the theme parks to the movies, or maybe they're joined together. How about the theme park ride-based movies 
is a must. Now, everybody knows a variety of these from Pirates of the Caribbean, The Haunted Mansion, and many others, but now Small World has enough premise that they're going to make it into a film. That's right, Disney has pioneered the movies based on rides trend, and so far Disney rides are the only theme park rides ever to be turned into films. And while Pirates of the Caribbean franchise has done well, there's a variety of other ventures, you know, including the upcoming Tomorrowland that is co-written by Entertainment Weekly's own Jeff Jensen, as well as it's going to be starring George Clooney and many others. Well, now Small World has officially been announced. There's no plot details or anything else that is connected with this other than the official announcement. We'll see what happens with this. I, I really don't know where you could go with it other than a name. But what are some of the other uh, theme park attractions that turned into movies for Disney? How about all the Pirates of the Caribbeans? You also have the Haunted Mansion from 2003. Mission to Mars in 2002, The Country Bears from 2002, as well as Tower of Terror in 1997. Let's just see what's going to happen with Small World in this one, because, you know, with the Jungle Cruise on the way and many other things, I don't know. We'll, we'll just see what happens with this. Now, stepping aside from land, let's get into the water. Well, somebody who's in deep water, and how about the Disney Cruise Lines, you know, having to deal with somebody who is a fraud suspect. That's right, Disney Cruise Fraud Suspect, who stole over $5,000, the police are reporting. Now, the Orlando Sentinel has confirmed that a St. Cloud woman is accused of stealing from two Miami residents who thought she was a travel agent, booking them Disney Cruises to the Caribbean. Now, the police announced this on Wednesday. Now, Diana Trish Valentin Caban, that is a nameful, was arrested after police say her victims contacted her by phone to book Disney cruise trips and wrote her checks totaling nearly $5,000 in deposits. But after the checks were cashed, Diana had vanished. Now the victims contacted the Disney Cruise Line, which confirmed it had no reservations on file for the victims. Now police confirmed Wednesday that Diana is not affiliated with any travel service, but said the victims were referred to through an acquaintance. Now, right now, she has been charged with two counts of grand theft and the St. Cloud Police spokeswoman that the case is still open and additional charges could be added. Anyone with information on the case is asked to contact St. Cloud Police Department. So if you're booking a trip, definitely buyer beware. I mean, this person was referred to from friends and look at what happened. So, you know, hopefully justice will be served. Now, continuing on with Disney news and getting back to movies, how about the Walt Disney Studios chairman, Alan Horn, revealing details about the Pirates of the Caribbean 5 and Captain America 3. That's right, Alan Horn, the chairman of the Walt Disney Studios, has been pretty busy at the Tribeca Film Festival. Horn has been talking about the future film projects for most of the week and continued to do so when he revealed new information about Pirates of the Caribbean 5 and Captain America 3. Yes, Variety senior film and media reporter Brent Lang attended a presentation by Horn where the chairman talked about Captain America 3 having the same release date as Batman vs Superman. During the same presentation, Horn said that he hasn't signed off on Pirates of the Caribbean 5 because he hasn't seen a good enough screenplay yet. Now, earlier in the week, he also sat down with Bloomberg on Tuesday at the Tribeca Film Festival to talk about the future Disney film, Star Wars Episode 7. Now, during the interview, Horn revealed that the film's casting is almost finished and an announcement will be coming very soon. So there we have a few answers where he's gonna tackle about going head to head with Batman vs Superman, and he has not made a decision yet about if they're going to change that date or keep it on the same weekend. And Pirates of the Caribbean 5, there you have it. He hasn't seen a screenplay that's good enough to sign off on. We may have seen the end of Captain Jack Sparrow. And finally, D-Heads, there's a lot of news on the D-Wire here this week, but we're gearing up for all of our special guests, the D-Team, and more. So I'm going to leave you with one little chunk here of news yet before I take a break and 
you know, get something to drink, relax here in the studios, and release the reins to the D-Team. But how about Disney's Jungle Book, possibly casting Scarlett Johansson and Lupita Nyong'o? And I hope I said that right. I'm sure you are aware that there are two versions of the classic Disney Jungle Book story currently in the pipeline. One version is coming from Warner Brothers Studios, and the other is from Disney. Now, when it comes to the Disney version, we already know that the studio is in talks with a variety of different people to play Shere Khan in the movie. And now Disney is also talking to two popular actresses. The word is that Disney now has entered negotiations with both Scarlett Johansson and Lupita with a view to taking a role in the John Favreau directed Jungle Book reported the cinema blend. Now both roles the actresses are up for are voiceover roles with Scarlett Johansson being considered to voice the hypnotic snake Ka while Lupita is being considered to voice the mother wolf who adopts and raises Mowgli. Now as you probably know Johansson has done a variety of different voiceover work before most recently voicing Samantha in the movie Her. Now there's a variety of different things that you know are on the horizon so let's see where this goes. I mean there's a lot of different things happening with the Jungle Book and we'll see when it goes head to head whose is going to be better Warner Brothers or Disney. So with that, all of you D-Heads, I'm going to take a break here. I'm going to release the reins to Aaron because you have questions and he has answers. And he's going to dip his hand in that virtual mailbag and answer all your questions with I want to know. So I'm going to just release the reins to the D-Team, get a drink here. But before I let you go, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is proudly sponsored by Pixie Vacations. And the agents at Pixie Vacations can help you plan your Walt Disney World, Disneyland, and vacation by Disney and make it the most memorable and magical that you're going to have. Definitely contact them and let them help you plan your vacation at PixieVacations.com. So all VD heads, with that said, I'm going to release the reins. And you know what? Since it is Earth Day weekend, I'm going to leave you with something where if you're a Boy Scout leader, a Cub Scout leader, much like our DT member Aaron, who has a boy in Boy Scouts, I'm going to leave you with a Fred McMurray classic. Follow Me Boys, a great Fred McMurray and Kurt Russell classic. So with Earth Day on the horizon, let's continue on with our Earth Day futuristic mix. And follow me, boys. I'll be right back, all you D-heads. Follow me, boys, follow me. When you think you're really me, that's the time to lift your feet and follow me. There's a job to do, there's a fight to win. Follow me, boys, follow me. And it won't be done till we all pitch in. Lift your chin with a grin and follow me. It's a long, long climb, but we've got the will. Follow me, boys, follow me. When we reach the top, then it's all downhill. Till you drop, don't stop and follow me. Though the journey's end is beyond our sight. Follow me, boys, follow me. If we do our best, then we've done all right. Back your load, hit the road and follow me. Follow me, boys, follow me. When you think you're really beat, that's the time to lift your feet and follow me. 
Pittsburgh in their dealings with addressed envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. Before our preview of Tomorrowland, I'd like to read these few words of dedication. A vista into a world of wondrous ideas, signifying man's achievement, a step into the future with predictions of constructive things to come. Tomorrow offers new frontiers in science, adventure, and ideals. The atomic age, the challenge of outer space, and the hope for a peaceful and unified world. Hey, D-Heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand. Standing on a dirty old rooftop, down below the cars in this city go rushing by. I sit here alone and I wonder why.
You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads. This is Aaron, and I'm back with another installment of I Want to Know. I hope everyone had a wonderful Easter. We had beautiful weather here in Arkansas, and I enjoyed the time with the family. Well, after a week off, the virtual mailbag is spilling over, so let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Matt in Texas, and he writes, My question for you is about Tinkerbell and her new movies. My kids love the series of films. Now for the main fairies that are friends, how many have been connected to Disney in the past? With voices or on shows and so on? Thank you. Well, I have to confess that only having a son, I know very little about Tinkerbell and her friends. But Disney Fairies is a Disney franchise built around the character of Tinkerbell from Disney's 1953 animated film Peter Pan. In addition to the fictional fairy character created by J.M. Barry, the franchise of Tinkerbell movies introduces many new characters and expands subsequently upon the limited information the author gave about the fairies in their home of Neverland. The characters are referred to within the stories as Neverland Fairies. There are six movies with the seventh on the way. They include Tinkerbell in 2008, Tinkerbell and the Lost Treasure in 2009, Tinkerbell and the Great Fairy Rescue in 2010, Pixie Hollow Games in 2011, Secret of the Wings in 2012, the newest release of the Pirate Fairy this month, and the movie coming in 2015, Legend of the Neverbeast. Disney did have plans for two more films, but both films were canceled in October 2013, reportedly due to declining DVD sales and disappointing merchandise sales. So as far as I can tell, the fairies first appear in the 2008 film and the subsequent films thereafter. Well, our next question is from Nikki E. of Massachusetts, and she writes, For Diz On Demand, I have a question about Animal Kingdom. I recall the dinosaur ride being called something else when the park first opened. I was little, so maybe I was wrong. I did look online and saw something like Countdown to Extinction, but the name doesn't jump out at me. Did it have a different name when the park opened, and what was it? Well, my son and I both love this ride, and forgive me ahead of time with any dinosaur mispronunciations. Dinosaur is Animal Kingdom's only dark ride, for now anyway. In the attraction, Guests board vehicles called Time Rovers and are taken on a turbulent journey through the Cretaceous period, featuring prehistoric scenes populated with audio-animatronic dinosaurs. Originally named Countdown to Extinction, the ride's name was later changed to Dinosaur to promote the film during its release year in 2000. The attraction has never contained any explicit references to the film. However, the two dinosaurs most prominently featured in the ride have always been in Iguanodon and Carnotaurus, which were both featured prominently in the film. Scenes from the movie also appear in the pre-show to help the guests identify the Iguanodon as the film's protagonist, Aladar. The ride also had a few other changes. The original logo was taken down from the entrance building and replaced with a new sign of the logo for the film. The original statue of the Styracosaurus in front of the building was taken away and replaced with the statue of Aladar. 
Now that the attraction was marketed as a tie-in to the film, more children would be riding. Because of this, the movement of the enhanced motion vehicles, or the time rovers, was changed to be less intense and the ride was also given a less frightening soundtrack. In the original soundtrack, after the encounter with the first audio animatronic Carnosaurus, the footsteps and roars of the dinosaur could be heard directly behind the vehicle, giving guests the feeling they were being pursued. Now during the same moments of the ride, the roars of the Carnotaurus can be heard far behind the guest, implying they have safely escaped. I have to admit it's still a pretty intense ride, so I can only imagine how it used to be now that it's been tamed down for younger riders. Well, our final question this week comes from Benjamin Retnor, and he writes, Writing you with a question to add to the show content. Aaron of the D-Team, I was watching some old Disney movies, something I love to do. In the Love Bug series with Herbie, wasn't there a version I never see listed with the king himself, Bruce Campbell, in it? Hail the king, baby. Well, I love Evil Dead movies, and Bruce Campbell is the best in those movies. But you're absolutely correct, Benjamin. The reason you don't usually see The Love Bug with Campbell listed is because it was a made-for-TV movie. It was released in 1997, and he plays Hank Cooper, who becomes Herbie's owner. And if you D-heads remember the name Hank Cooper, it was first used in the movie Gus that I talked about in episode 69. Here Herbie's origins are explained. An elderly German engineer named Dr. Gustav Stumpfell was building Herbie when a picture of his deceased wife fell into the vat of molting metal. Stumpfell's love for her animated Herbie. During the film, Stumpfell is forced to build an evil Volkswagen counterpart to Herbie, Horace the Hate Bug, from a sample of Herbie's original metal. Horace's personality is influenced by the narcissism of Herbie's former owner, Simon, when he has a picture of himself dropped into the metal vats, and kills Herbie during the film. Cooper buries Herbie, but the return of Jim Douglas sets Cooper to rebuild the fallen love bug with the help of the repentant Dr. Stumpfell, and have him race against Simon and Horace. And in this race, Herbie ultimately divides himself in half, just like in the original film, to win the race. This is definitely a less known Herbie movie, but still an enjoyable one. Unfortunately, it's only available on VHS. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments directly to me at Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure it includes your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless. Imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, d She's going to make the whole ship fly! <laughs> First, the Tower of London, are The guards won't know what hit it. We'll swoop right down and take the crown, and the crown just win it. And when we fly to Paris, all the treasures I'll be grabbing. The Mona Lisa will look lovely hanging in the cabin. Hey-ho, imagine the places that we'll go No one can stop us when we're so high in the stratosphere Hey-ho, we'll be the freighter that plunders Every one of the world's seven wonders When we're up in the sky. But who can fight a frigate that flies? No one can fight a frigate that flies 
Next we'll roam to Rome, me lads, and here's what I'll be stealing. I'll rob the Sistine Chapel of the Sistine Chapel ceiling. And for all the folks in Egypt, it will be a dismal day. You'll be crying for them mummies. Oh. Well, we take them mummies away. Oh. Hey ho, imagine the places that we'll go. No one can stop us when we're so high. They will all cower in fear. Oh. Hey ho, from Delhi to Rio to Venice. There's no city that we will not menace when we're up in the skies. For who can fight the frigate that flies? No one can fight a frigate that flies. Oh, how high we will be. Cause the blue fairy dust surely packs a mighty wallop. Only takes us Soon it will set us free. From the chains of gravity. Then we'll hoist up the sail. And we'll set course for the sun. Cause when you've got wings, no wicked deed cannot be done And we owe it all to our great and glorious captain Although now that you mention it, why are we taking orders from some fairy anyway? <gasps> A two, three, four! Hey ho, imagine the places that we'll go No one can stop us when we're so high Even a pirate! Transit Authority Metroliner non-stop now departing Rocket Tower Plaza Station for a round-trip Super Skyway Tour. Welcome aboard, TTA travelers. Whether you're a humanoid, a robot, or an alien passenger, we hope you enjoy your trip along Tomorrowland Transit Authority's Super Skyway. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. It's Disney On Demand. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, so I'm back once again, all VD heads, and I hope you're enjoying our show so far. Great mix of a variety of different things as we're gearing up for our special guest here this week, Mike Brussell, the voice of the Tomorrowland Transit Authority, the voice of the land, composer, and more connected to Space Mountain and many great urban classics as we're gearing up for Mike Brussell to be stopping in here very shortly. I do want to extend a thank you once again to DT member Aaron for answering all those questions from all of you D-heads. Now remember, if you have any questions for Aaron, doesn't make a difference. They're never too hard or too too easy, just definitely ask him those questions and shoot him an email, Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com, and you can also connect up with him right through our official website at DizRadio.com, so definitely drop Aaron a line and, uh, you know, you may hear your question here on the show. So, all VD heads, with that said, as we push along, there's still some news hot off the D-Wire here, so let's just jump right back into it, and how about Disney this week has now officially shared more details on the Seven Dwarves Mine Train. That's right, this last week, much viral videos have been popping up, as Disney has officially released a lot of different videos, and many of you bloggers out there have released videos as well. There's all new footage of the official Seven Dwarves Mine Train coaster 
in motion. This last week, Disney was shooting a commercial, so the coaster had an official group of people riding the coaster. Yes, the first group of official riders, along with Dopey, have been looping and filming a commercial for the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. So this is going to be a great coaster. It is all over the web. I'm not going to sit here and try to, you know, uh, describe the video to you, but there's a lot of great videos out there for many of you bloggers, Disney sites, um, you know, great ones out there. So definitely check it out. But now video has been released for the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train coaster this week. Now, moving aside from the theme parks, let's get into a little bit of uh, people that have played a role in our lives and those voice actors. And yes, how about another person that you can find in our archives at DizRadio.com, a past guest here at the show, and Jim Cummings. That's right, Jim Cummings, the man who voices Winnie the Pooh, Tigger 2, and many other characters, is going to be appearing at the ZenkeCon this weekend. Yes, that's right, this weekend at ZenkeCon, Jim Cummings is going to be visiting them with a great panel. Now, this great character actor who's done Darkwing Duck, Winnie the Pooh, Tigger 2, you know, Ray the Firefly from Princess and the Frog, and many others. You know, he has he's done so many characters, it is just beyond belief. Now, Jim Cummings is going to have a Disney afternoon panel that is going to be starting at 4.45 p.m., tomorrow on Friday. Now his Q&A session starts at 2.45 p.m. on Saturday and he's part of a voice actors panel at 12.30 p.m. on Saturday as well. Now he's scheduled to sign autographs at 2 p.m. on Friday and 4 p.m. on Saturday and 11 a.m. on Sunday and you can find out more at the official ZenkaCon site and that's, uh, I'll spell it out for you Diaz, it's kind of crazy, Z-E-N-K-A-I-K-O-N.com. It's definitely a different kind of con that uh, I'm used to pronouncing here. But he's going to be covering a variety of different things. On Friday, that panel discussion is going to cover 20 years of the Disney afternoon. He's going to celebrate a block of animated shows, including Tailspin, Darkwing Duck, Goof Troop, and a variety of different things that everybody loves about the Disney afternoon. I wish they'd bring the Disney afternoon back. Now, the Disney afternoon helped put Jim Cummings on the map as a voice actor. It's one of those that put him into our homes every single week. So if you want to check out more about this, definitely check out the official website for this event and uh, maybe you have a chance to meet and greet him over the course of the weekend. Now moving aside from voice acting, let's get into the palm of our hand and mobile devices. And how about Disney XD launching the Gravity Falls app? That's right, Disney XD is now launching its Gravity Falls Mystery Shack Attack Tower Defense Strategy game today on Android devices, Google Play, Kindle Fire, and the Amazon App Store for $2.99. Now in this game, it's going to go beyond. You're going to go beyond scaring Dipper, Mabel, and Grunkle Stam out of Gravity Falls. Now players can help the trio by strategically placing an array of revamped gadgets and odd knickknacks from the mystery shack into the path of creatures and other supernatural baddies. Now there's going to have a variety of different things where you help Dipper and Mabel defend the key Gravity Falls locations including the mystery shack, Dust Till Dawn Arcade, Summerween Superstore and the Tent of Telepathy. Now there's going to be over 20 defensive items including the Mantuar Warhorn and the Gnome Launcher, Sneezing Powder and more. Now all versions of the app including the iPad and the iPhone are now also going to include the following updates. Challenges gameplay mode where players can test their building skills in 15 handcrafted challenges including Drat's Bats, Sneeze Attack, and Brain Train. And there's also going to have Endless Gameplay Mode 
where you can defeat endless waves of enemies in an attempt to earn the highest score. Now each wave will get progressively harder until the enemy's forces become overwhelming. Now there's going to be a variety of different things with this for $2.99. If you love Gravity Falls, this is definitely one you want to get. Now if you're not familiar with what Gravity Falls is, Gravity Falls is an animated adventure comedy riddled with mystery. So definitely get the Disney XD Gravity Falls app. Now continuing on, let's go to the small screen and First Lady Michelle Obama making her way to the Disney Channel's Jesse. Yes, First Lady Michelle Obama is going to be one busy lady as Miss Obama is set to guest star in an upcoming episode of Disney Channel's Jesse. Now Miss Obama's first appearance of the show will be next month in part of the White House's Joining Forces initiative. Her guest appearance slot is going to help raise awareness to difficult sacrifices and needs of military families. Now Jesse centers around Jesse, played by Debbie Ryan, a nanny in New York, with the children that she cares for. Now this episode, titled From the White House to Our House, is going to help when Jesse, the nanny, throws a party for her new friend Taylor. And Taylor is a young girl whose mother is deployed overseas serving the military. You can definitely check out this episode when it airs next month on the Disney Channel. And finally, as we wrap up news here, how about the Disney star from Choo Choo Soul releasing her first single from the upcoming album Teaching Preschoolers Fundamentals? Yes, singer-songwriter Genevieve Goings is known to all Disney Channel-watching fans as the hip-singing train conductor from Choo Choo Soul with Genevieve. Now, remaking classic Disney sing-along songs and voicing and learning bumpers featured on the Disney Junior Network. Now, Goings is releasing her first single from her upcoming solo album, Do You Know? And it's called My Telephone Number Is. Now, this was released last week on April 22nd. Now the full album is scheduled to release on June 3rd, 2014. Now the album focuses on teaching preschool fundamentals in her funky, cool, kid-friendly style. Now a 10-year veteran of children's entertainment, Goings is now welcoming a second generation of viewers and listeners with the release of her first solo album, Doing What She Does Best, teaching and entertaining children with educational lyrics and motivational styles. Now if you want to find out more about this, you can definitely check it out all over the web. Her newest link and we also have a link to this on our official website at DizRadio.com. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to wrap it up here, release the reins to the D-team. We have Paige stopping in with a magical music review. We also have Lexi, our D-team member from Down Under, as she's going to take that trip with the Hollywood Walk with more about our very special guest here this week, Mike Brissell. So we have a lot of fun things on the horizon, and next time you hear me, I'm going to have the voice of the Tomorrowland Transit Authority and the land sitting here with us in the studios. So as I let you go, as we continue with our Earth Day futuristic fun, it doesn't get more earthy than Robin Hood. So let's leave you with a little bit of whistle stop. Be right back, OVD heads. Thank <laughs> you. 
Almost 25 years ago, the power of music, dance, and imagination came together to create an amazing, out-of-this-world adventure. Now, Captain EO is back to change the world again. And here, to begin our adventure, is the original film prelude, exactly as it appeared back in 1986. A few years ago, the Walt Disney Company and Kodak invented a totally new way to make 3D movies. An extraordinary camera was custom-built and used only once to create a magical 3D fantasy shown exclusively at Walt Disney World in Florida and here at Disneyland. The show was so popular that Disney and Kodak decided to use the camera again for an even more spectacular show. They brought together for the first time ever Star Wars producer George Lucas, director Francis Coppola, and superstar Michael Jackson, who along with Disney Imagineers created this new 3D fantasy. Get ready to blast off, for the magical adventure is moments away. But first, we'd like to share a backstage glimpse of some of the talented people who created Captain EO. Music Review. This week's guest star is Mike Brassel, who is the composer of the Space Mountain score and is the current voice of the Tomorrowland Transit Authority, or as I still refer to it, the Wedway People Mover. Unfortunately, I couldn't find a recording of Space Mountain that would do the piece justice. Too many scratchy background noises on people's recordings. But since Mr. Brassel has ties in Tomorrowland, I thought we would take a look at some of the other music from this futuristic land. Ready for takeoff? Let's go! To start, welcome to the Laugh Floor. Hosted by everyone's favorite one-eyed monster and master of ceremonies, Mike Wazowski, the Laugh Floor was opened in 2007, replacing the Timekeeper. During the waiting period before the show, various selections of the score can be heard from particularly this intro to the film. The piece shares its name with the film, Monsters, Inc. Composed by Randy Newman of a variety of Pixar fame, the piece has a jazzy feel, with a sax, bass, drum set, trumpet, trombone, and piano, to name a few instruments. The melody is an arrangement of the song If I Didn't Have You, so sit back and enjoy the music. Thank you. 
Anyone who spends time in the Magic Kingdom knows that there's great food to be found at any time of the day. One of my favorite locations is in Tomorrowland at Cosmic Rays Starlight Cafe. While dining, you can catch a performance by Sunny Eclipse. By far my favorite song from Sunny is Bright Little Star. With synthesizers, drum set, and a keyboard to play the accompaniment, Sunny sings a song inspired by his true love about the one star that they can both see from their different places in the universe. Enjoy this lovely song. Sunny, the stage is yours. Oh, bright little star, though I'm light years away from her now, I can't help but to feel that somehow we're both wishing on you. I imagine your light in her eyes as she gazes up into the skies. At this moment, does she realize you are in my eyes too? Oh, bright little star. She wishing the same wish as me That somewhere out in space there may be A nice planet for two Where someday we'll be All alone in our own galaxy Dancing under a star canopy And our favorite is you the most classic attraction in Tomorrowland is the Carousel of Progress. Opening in the Magic Kingdom in 1975, it premiered 11 years earlier at the 1964 New York World's Fair. It holds the record as the longest-running stage show in the history of American theater and celebrated its 50th anniversary this past Tuesday. It also has one of the most iconic songs in the Disney songbook. Written by the Sherman Brothers, There's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow serves as a great reminder to everyone. No matter what kind of day you have, good or bad, there really is a great big beautiful tomorrow just a dream away. Utilizing drums, brass, and piano, along with a choir, the song is sung by Rex Allen, the father who takes you through the attraction. Dubbed by the Sherman Brothers as Walt's personal theme song because of his optimistic view about the future, Walt and the brothers used the song as a promotion for the World's Fair in 1964. Enjoy this classic tune. Man has a dream, and that's the start. He follows his dream with mind and heart. And when it becomes a reality, it's a dream come true for you and me. So there's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow just a dream away.
tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great big beautiful tomorrow And tomorrow's just a dream away Man has a dream and that's the start He follows his dream with mind and heart and when it becomes a reality, it's a dream come true for you and me. So there's a great big beautiful tomorrow, shining at the end of every day. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow, just a dream away. So there's a great big beautiful tomorrow. Shining at the end of every day There's a great big beautiful tomorrow Just a dream away Thank you, Mr. Morrow, Mr. Tom Morrow Please contact Mr. Johnson in the control tower To confirm your flight to the moon Darn it, Tom! Always missing when he's needed Well, I better go make sure he checks in Have a great rest of your week, D-Heads Until next time See ya! Good afternoon, gentlemen. Now, we've all heard of the legend of Atlantis. Pure fantasy. Well, that is where you'd be wrong. That young thatch gets crazier every year. I can prove Atlantis exists. I'm sure of it this time. Milo James Thatch. I'm acting on behalf of my employer, who has a most intriguing proposition for you. It's the Shepherd's Journal. This journal is the key to finding the lost continent of Atlantis. I'll never believe you. I will find Atlantis on my own. I mean, if I have to rent a rowboat... This is exactly what I wanted to hear. But forget the rowboat, son. We'll travel in style. You're gonna need a crew. Yes, Mr. Thatch. Well, you'll need engineers and, and geologists. Got them all. The best of the best. Gaetan Moliere, geology and excavation. Audrey Ramirez, don't let her age fool you. The name's Sweet, Joshua Sweet, medical officer. Vincenzo Santorini, demolitions. Hey, look, I made a bridge. Lieutenant. Yeah. Take her down. Diving officer, submerge the ship. Dive! Dive! Looks like all our chances for survival rest with you, Mr. Thatch. You and that little book. Hi, this is Cal David, the voice of Sunny Eclipse, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Let's start those projectors and look at this week's Hollywood Walk.
Hey D-Heads! I just want to say that each week we are graced with such lovely guests and it really is an honour to be part of the show, especially from across the other side of the world. Well, this week is no different. We are lucky to have a voice actor, composer and voiceover artist, Mike Brazel, with us here today. This special guest really is very special. Not only has he composed orchestral work for so many different types of things, from movies, animated shorts, and also impressionistic ensembles and soundscapes, (laughs) but he is also the voice of our much-loved Magic Kingdom TTA. That is the Tomorrowland Transit Authority, or the People Mover. (laughs) Pretty cool, huh? I love the TTA so much. It's so underrated, and when you think about it, the history is incredible. But I'll get to that a bit later. So, onto some background information. Raised in Ohio, Mike has said that it was definitely the legendary music of composer John Williams that sparked his passion for composing. Now, we know that John Williams composed his music for things like Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and even Superman and Jaws. So I guess we can see the connection between Mike's love for this kind of music and the new exit music to Space Mountain that he composed. There is a sense of something epic, that is for sure. However, before all this, Mike worked hard and gained a range of great work experience. He has even worked for Turner Feature Animation. Okay, so the TTA has so much Disney history running through it, it is crazy. There have been a number of refurbishments and a number of changes to the sponsorship of different elements of the attraction as well. But no matter what changes occur, it will still always be one of my personal favourites. If you think about it, It's a chance to sit, relax, and take in the park's atmosphere, as well as Disney's vision for the future. Now, the TTA takes you past a couple of cool things, like Progress City and Space Mountain. Did you know that it's possible to actually see Space Mountain with the lights on? And I actually did that last year, when Space Mountain had stopped operating for the day. And let me tell you, that was an exciting experience. We could hardly believe our eyes. So it was in the 2009 refurbishment that our special guest, Mike, became part of the TTA experience. On reflecting on the style of narration, it has been said that Mike's narration is retro, as it is given a similar fashion to the original People Mover narration from back in the good old days and it includes segments introducing all the interactions in Tomorrowland. So I guess it's a bit of a tribute back to the good old days. Now, Mike has commented on many occasions that he felt something special when working for Disney. He once said that when he went to Disney Films back in Ohio, he had no idea that he'd be one day sitting in Burbank helping to create the films and presenting his music to that special company. Now, that must really have been a truly amazing experience. 
And it was back in 1992 that Mark co-wrote the end credit song for an AIDS awareness video that Disney was putting out called Got To Do Something. So after this success, Mike has written and composed so many wonderful pieces for Disney. Get this, Mike also provides his talents to the voice you hear as you relax and enjoy your boat ride in the Living With The Land attraction at Epcot. And Mike is definitely qualified too, as he has been professionally trained by Vocal Motion and continues to train his voice every day. He is so dedicated to improving his craft, which I think is something quite inspiring. Also, Mike has been a voice in great animated features like Cats Don't Dance, which was for Warner Brothers, and for Disney, he has been part of Lilo and Stitch and also Brother Bear. And Walt Disney Feature Animation has given Mike such great reviews. One person even said that he was always professional, always following through on every promise, and is an all-round pleasure to work with and he would definitely work again with Mike anytime soon. So it doesn't really get much better than that. So thank you, Mike. Disney would not be the same without you. Jettison Disneyland 1, Space Mountain, Code 2, clear for takeoff. Instrumentation. Instrumentation, go. Propulsion. Go. 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 All personnel, clear the launch platform. Space Mountain. It could only happen at Disneyland. Experience it now. Camera, action! It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest! Alright all you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues Disney On Demand. And as we continue every single week to bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, one of those are the sights and sounds of the parks. The things that really bring the emotions alive. The things that you take home with you when you're finished. And with us here this week is somebody that is a composer, a voiceover actor, and many other things. You may know him from the Tomorrowland Transit Authority, also the land, and even the composer of Space Mountain, 
We have none other than Mike Brissell with us. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Uh, it is our pleasure having you on. I mean, somebody that's involved with all the sights and the sounds from the parks, it's the kind of thing where you leave the park and, and it sticks with you. I mean, I'm a fan of the TTA, so I'm excited about that. But I guess before we jump into the Disney side of things, I guess what led you down that road of, you know, music, composing, and, you know, everything, uh, you know, that is what you are today? Uh, yes, Um well, I got to tell you, this has been inside me forever. I mean, people, there are some people who know what they want to do uh, from the beginning of their their life, uh, and that's, to me, a special place and a lucky place to be, and there are others who, who don't know for quite a while. That's okay. I was one of those guys who uh, enjoyed uh, and understood what I wanted to do from the very beginning, and as a matter of fact, I can take you to one particular place where where very uh, a, a period of clarity uh, I had reached, and I was seven years old, believe it or not. I was that young. I was at my grandmother's house being uh, house at, of course. I had, I had four other brothers, and we were all being house at at the time. And uh, my grandmother had a piano, and that piano was, uh, we had played on that piano for a long, long time. Uh, I say that being seven years old, but my memory serves me that uh, I, just tooling, noodling around with electricity, boy, it hit me. And uh, I knew I wanted this thing in my life forever. Uh, it has never stopped or slowed down or lighter. So I knew that was a path that I was going to follow, and uh, I have tried my best to uh, to follow that. <laughs> well, you know, and it's been successful for you. I mean, it's the kind of thing where, you know, it has been your path, and it's been the kind of thing now that has led to many other avenues. I mean, you've been, you know, all over the place with uh, voiceover work and compositions and, and many other things. I mean, even down to, you know, bringing one of the first projects to utilize urban music you know, with Disney, you know, with uh, Got to Do Something, the AIDS awareness video from 1992. And, you know, I remember that, uh, you know, I was only in high school at the time, but I do remember that. I guess, how did something like that kind of project come about where it was a new direction for something like that? And, you know, it is one of those things that is, you know, it was a hot topic then, and it's still a really big topic now. Yeah, that's a great point. Oh, first of all, what a fantastic project that was. And I got to tell you, I was so young back then, uh, myself, not to give my age away, but, but boy, I didn't realize the kind of impact that that had. Uh, obviously, when you look, uh, when you get older, hindsight is twenty twenty, And, uh, boy, that, uh, I wish we had done more with, uh, maybe parlaying that into, uh, more success if we could have had it from that particular project. But to be active in that was very important to us. Uh, it came about by a, a contact, a relationship uh, one of my friends had. As a matter of fact, a partner that wrote the music with me, and uh, they asked us to do this particular music, uh, and we did. Uh, we loved it. It was great to, to be able to uh, have an impact on what we used to uh, partake in. As a matter of fact, as kids, we all used to watch Disney or after-school specials, whether it was Disney or not. We used to be involved in that, at least watching it. To be a part of that was actually quite cool to know that uh, there were going to be some kids watching this as a uh, part of an after-school program, and then to find out that it was the first time that they'd used an urban type of music, was that was just an honor to be able to know that you were able to actually be um, be involved in that, or me, I, I should say, uh, to be involved in that along with my partner. It was a great feeling. Really was. Well, you know, and that's the kind of thing, too. Like I said, you know, it, it was the first to use, you know, an urban kind of music, you know, for Disney, which was a departure in those early 90s was it really was a reinvention time for Disney. I mean, they were trying to change it up and relate to, you know, children of the day. I mean, it was one of those things where, all right, let's let's break the mold a little bit. And if we're going to get the message across, 
we have to do this in a way that's going to relate to them. And is that something that you really, you know, that you really felt deep down, you know, was able to communicate with that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, when you look at trends uh, and the way people get their message across and they try to get it across to a particular mindset, uh, to a particular generation, Disney is always, to me, uh, they, they're ones who understand how to speak to the younger generation. They've done it for years, and they should be and are masters at reaching those that they're supposed to reach uh, in their uh, demographics. So they understood that, look, this type of music right now for this crowd of people is right. And so let's get uh, let's be on the forefront or on the edge of getting this particular message out uh, to the people in the way that they're going to respond and enjoy it. And so I credit them, actually, for that. Well, you know, and I guess, uh, you know, with something like that and, you know, speaking to the generations, that's going to lead me to, you know, the theme parks and, of course, more generation things where everybody has grown up, you know, going to the Walt Disney World Resort, Disneyland, you name it. And one of those things, of course, is, you know, the Tomorrowland Transit Authority, the land, and many other things like that. I'm a big fan of it. I love just going through Tomorrowland and just kind of relaxing and chilling on the TTA. I guess, how did that kind of gig come about where now your voice is going to be heard by, you know, thousands and thousands of people daily? Well, first of all, that is, it's amazing for me. I, I still can't take it in, and I mean that. It's absolutely amazing to know that that is taking place. And I've got friends who are in Orlando as well. Uh, I will answer your question, but it's just amazing when they sometimes, they hit me up on Twitter or they text me and they go, Mike, I just heard your voice on the TTA. And I'm like, oh, man, I forgot I did that. I don't know how that is possible, but it's a nice reminder to get that. Hey, I heard Mike was selling the TTA today. It's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Well, i got to tell you, honestly, what a huge honor to be able to do something like this. I say this. Uh, because of, uh, I come from Ohio, Midwest, uh, and it's, uh, there's not a whole lot of us that, that, uh, always, that, I guess, that, that's not what I'm saying. There's not a whole lot of us in Ohio who love to, or are bitten by the entertainment bug. There are some, not a whole lot. And I'm so lucky, actually, to be able to, uh, make my way out to Hollywood and Orlando, ultimately, uh, and be able to establish a lasting relationship with a big entertainment company like Disney. As I said, we grew up with uh, all the Disney films and uh, Disney TV shows and things like that, and, and what a, an honor to be a part of that. So you asked, how did this happen for me? Well, very, very strangely enough, I was asked to do an audition for, uh, I believe it was the monorail and the bus spiel. Um, the great Jack Wagner had that for the longest time, uh, and well-deserved, of course. Uh, so to be able to be asked, so that was uh, to be able to audition for that was tremendous. I didn't get that. However, I guess word got around that I and was asked to audition for this. Uh, I ended up establishing a relationship with a friend of mine there at WDI, um, and he had asked me to audition for it, and I did, and I got the job. Uh, it was it was very very exciting, and I should tell you, it was very surreal for me. We this was at night, and this was after we had taken a listen to the score for Space Mountain, and we have to do this overnight, so, you know, the crowds aren't there, and they're end up, they end up doing a lot of things technically, getting the mix right inside the mountain and things like that, but uh, we were walking underneath the Tomorrowland Transit Authority at that particular point in time, and he says, um, and he asked me, hey, would you like to audition for this? We're looking for another voice. I'm like, wow, I, I would absolutely love to, and it was without fanfare. It was without all the stuff that you, you imagine. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking this should be some sort of TV show. Hey, you want to be Disney's voice talent? Let's uh, let's let's put it on TV and make it a uh, a show like The Voice or American Idol. 
it wasn't that way at all. So I was very, very surprised, uh, and it surprised me I got it. So I was very, very pleased because uh, that is a that's a hallmark attraction. And it was one of those attractions where I ended up calling my mom in Ohio uh, simply because it was one of those that went through all the attractions in Tomorrowland. Everyone who has written that knows that. I had to call home. <laughs> and tell my mom how excited I was about that. She was glad to hear that too. Well, you know, and and that's the kind of thing too. You know, I'm a I'm a Midwest guy, so you know, I I understand how that is. So it's one of those where it's a dream come true. Now, with an attraction like that, were you, were you always a uh, a fan of the TTA even before this? Oh, absolutely. I don't know how you can't be a fan of the TTA. I mean, you know the the park, and you know how big it is. Uh, so whenever you go in and you walk in Tomorrowland, it's kind of the first thing you hit, depending on the kind of rides or attractions you enjoy riding, and you'll end up walking around for quite a while. That is the perfect attraction to take a break, uh, to sit down, rest your feet for a minute, and kind of have some cool air blow on you while you check out some of the rest of the rides and, and let everybody else kind of go through the line. So, yeah, it's a perfect attraction. So I was going to say, and, and with that too then, so if you're a fan of the TTA, what is your, your favorite uh, moment of the attraction, you know, when you're just sitting around just enjoying it? And what was your, I guess, favorite part of the spiel that you had to do? Ah, uh, so my favorite part of the spiel is when uh, Walt ends up talking about uh, Progress City. Um, and, and it's because of, I love Walt and his his really big ideas. And I love that because I love what seems like it's unachievable or impossible for a human to, to achieve. I mean, there's many, many stories of, of human potential being realized. But I tell you right now, that's what feeds me. I'm one of those guys that I love to talk about potential. And a potential can potentially be nothing. It can end up being nothing. But it can also be something absolutely great. Uh, which is exactly what happened with Walt's original idea uh, for a concept for Epcot. Uh, so I really appreciate the fact that there's a person who dreamed really big to the point where people said this was impossible. But yet here we are enjoying his uh, his dream, and we love it. Now, you know, and, and with that, too, you know, enjoying it, like you said, Walt, uh, you know, he had a vision. He had something. And, of course, you know, loving the TTA, being able to sit down and relax and all that kind of fun stuff, that's going to lead me to something entirely different. And uh, heading on over to, you know, Epcot Center. I still like to call it Center for some reason. And, uh, you know, heading over to the land, um, you know, which is, you know, it's an unsung hero attraction. It's one of those that, you know, it, it's educational. It's fun. It's, I guess, uh, you know, I guess how did that one come about? And, you know, how did you tackle that differently than the TTA? Well, honestly, that was my first voiceover job for Disney and for WDI. Because we had uh, ridden the attraction before the before I got the, uh, the gig there. And we heard the boat. The drivers, they were the ones who used to narrate that. So I'm sorry to, to end up putting them out of work. Yeah, I'm not sure it was my decision that did that. But, uh, but we always enjoyed the fact that they talked about all of these things, uh, the items that were growing, how they were grown, and what they were used in, and how they could possibly be used in the future. We got, we got some good education from that. So I was pleased to be able to provide that same sort of uh, uh, education from the script as well. Uh, when they ended up able to provide that uh, uh, that same sort of information, but I'm sorry that the, the the boat drivers weren't able to do that anymore. Well, you know, and and that's the kind of thing too, where it is, you know, it was educational, it was fun, it was enjoyable, and you know, it is one of those things that was slightly different. I mean, I know generations change, but at the same time, there's you know attractions like that that I just feel you know they they gave an essence, they gave something that you know made Epcot Epcot back in the day. I guess uh, you know pushing along from the land. 
And, you know, moving on, moving back to Tomorrowland and staying on the Disney front for a while here and Space Mountain. Now, Space Mountain is one of those that uh, you were either terrified as a kid to get on it for the first time. You're, you know, it's fun just trying to get my kids to get on it now. But the music has always played an important role, whether that's the queue line, the exit, the, uh, you know, on-ride line. It doesn't make a difference what it was. There is something special about Space Mountain. Now, uh, I guess, how are you uh, approached about doing Space Mountain? And how did you tackle that differently from anything that was already done for Space Mountain in the past? Well, thank you for asking that. I appreciate that. Uh, that <laughs> it was the same way for me. Uh, I hate to... Uh, I, I certainly don't mean to diminish it because it's a, it's a huge honor for me to be able to, to be in the, uh, the company of Michael Giacchino uh, and, uh, and those who have scored uh, that particular attraction around the world at the uh, Disney Park there. Uh, this came to me simply with one question, which is, can you write music? <laughs> and, and yes, yes, I can. I, I guess if you can boil me down to two things, uh, I am voice and music. Uh, so absolutely, it's it's a beautiful union, uh, I feel, with WDI and Disney and, and what it is I do and the skills that I, I feel like I've been given to develop for this. That's exactly what was asked of me. Do you write music? And, of course, I said, yes, yes, I do. And what came to me after that was, well, we might have a project for you. I had no idea. It was Space Mountain. Are you kidding? Space Mountain. Wow. So I was blown away. <laughs> uh, I saw the title and it said Space Mountain. I, I, I don't... I, I freaked out, freaked out. I went out, ran out to my, uh, from my studio, ran out to my wife and kids. I said, I cannot believe I got this particular job. It was amazing. They were so happy. And I got in the studio and, and got busy and wrote the, uh, the tune, and they installed it, and uh, it's there now. Well, and what they're doing now is they're calling it the uh, stereophonic sound, correct? Yes, that's correct. You know, and, and you know, for something like Space Mountain Two, now you you know, you said you told your wife, your kids, and things like that. Now, is that the kind of thing where they can ride it and they're like, "Yep, my dad did that." Yes, yeah, absolutely. I, I got to tell you, as a matter of fact, um, I have five kids: four boys and a daughter. And my thirdborn, his name is Christian. It was the first time he had actually ridden uh, Space Mountain. He was not able to ride it uh, a, a couple of years before, and he just wasn't tall enough; didn't make the cut. So his ride was, uh, Space Mountain was the time that uh, my music was implemented in Space Mountain, and that was absolutely awesome. I felt very, very proud. Well, you know, well, and, and it's good to hear that you have five kids, because, you know, I'm giving a lot of flack, because I have four, and uh, we were speaking with Jay Thomas recently, and uh, he was giving me tons of flack for having four kids. So I'm glad that somebody out there is still keeping the dream alive with more kids than me. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's fun to have a family. They're great. I love it. I hope you love it, too. <laughs> well, you know, and, you know, for stepping aside, though, from Disney and many of the other things, I guess going, you know, farther back, going back to, you know, earlier in your career and going to the Turner Feature Animation Days, you know, now that's something that, you know, I love, I'm familiar with, but many of our listeners might not be, you know. So I guess looking back at that, you know, how did this opportunity come about and how did it, you know, pretty much launch, you know, everything that you did afterwards? Okay. Uh, Turner Feature Animation we were in California at the time around Burbank, or Pasadena, as a matter of fact. And we had our first two kids there. And uh, I was working for uh, a theater at the time for the Ambassador Auditorium in Pasadena. And uh, we, were, we knew that the contract work that we were doing there was coming to an end. And because we were 
Uh, pregnant with our second, my wife was, I wasn't, <laughs> I want to clarify that, with our second, <laughs> second born son. Uh, we used to go to Lamaze class there, of course, and in that class, we actually met a bunch of industry people uh, that I had no idea lived around the Pasadena area. I just had no idea. And so they were very, very nice. We got to know them, this one couple who were having a baby like we were. Uh, got to meet them and understood finally that he was an editor. Uh, he was an editor for Turner Feature Animation. It turned out to be Catstone Dance. Uh, he talked to me about that. Of course, I told him, look, I was looking for work. Is there anything I could do there? And he said, of course, I'll, I'll put your name in. And I ended up actually going to get a PA job. And I ended up being a PA when I first got there. Uh, in the PA pool. That was fun. Drove everywhere, delivered scripts, things like that. And really got to know the, the, the film industry, at least from the animation standpoint. And that was wonderful. And of course, I developed relationships uh, with people there, including producer David Steinberg, good friend of mine. We actually wrote music together. Uh, and he brought me to a Disney feature animation. As they always say, it's partially talent, and it's also partially, you know, connections. And there's always those people who you know, see something in you and help give you that that push and that step and that that opportunity to help you grow and move forward. And those are the kind of things where you you never forget them. Am I right? That's absolutely true. I mean, to me, it's all about relationships. You're right. You said it right. Uh, but boy, when people like you and they like to work with you, boy, that can that can go so far. I mean, that's that's career starting. You know what I'm saying? It it, it helps to continue. Uh, the good work that you end up doing. Definitely, you know, and, uh, you know, I guess pushing along in your career, you know, and being able to, you know, work on a variety of different things, you were able to work with, you know, so many different people from Phil Collins, John Debney, Jerry Goldsmith. I mean, these are, you know, composers and people that, uh, you know, many people know. Um, you know, is there any person that you were able to collaborate with or, or be in a session with absolute favorite to date? One of those that you look back and it's going to, it's one of those that you are going to, you know, take to your grave or put in your book as one that you won't forget. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I attended a, a, a session with Jerry Goldsmith when he was doing L.A. Confidential. And when I say I was attending a session, I mean, I actually sat in the hall uh, at the table with the music editors and uh, the contractor at the time uh, in the hall while they were recording Confidential. I love that movie. I love how it harkens back to the uh, the 30s, 40s there in L.A. and uh, the detective, the police story behind it. Uh, it was tremendous to be in that hall listening to listening to the great Jerry Goldsmith perform and compose and conduct. It was just I'll never forget it. It was amazing. Well, you know, and, and we all have to have those stories too, where it's the kind of thing where you are going to take it, uh, take it to your grave, put it in your book, and uh, it, it's it's one of those that uh, you know you're you're going to have there as as a memory. Now, I guess uh, you know moving forward and everything else you've done. I mean, all different things for Disney, many different things. You know, Turner feature animation. You know, uh, you know, composer and writer, and so many different things. I guess looking back at your entire career and so many different things. Is there any one time that you were working on something, whether that's voiceover work or uh, compositions, that I guess, uh, you know, we all have them, those quirky, fun stories, those things where, you know, just the hilarity ensued that is going to stick with you? <laughs> uh, something where hilarity ensued? Uh, let's see here. I think there, there's a lot that's happened to me. I'm not sure if this is absolutely hilarious, but I can tell you this. Uh, I ended up working with, uh, I was on, and uh, it was during lunch, and I was uh, a PA at the time there at Disney Feature Animation, and they, uh, I was 
walking down the hallway, and I heard an animator call my name, and I answered him, of course, went into the room, and he asked me to have a seat in his chair. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, we were good friends. Um, you end up making friends with all the people you're working with there. So he handed me this bowl, um, uh, and it was a, a bowl, a Chinese bowl, where you eat uh, noodles or rice from. And he had me hold it. I said, what are you doing? He goes, just hold this. And he gave me a pair of chopsticks, and he posed me. He kind of moved me around in a particular position and asked me to hold it. And I was like, what are you doing? He goes, don't worry about it. He went back to his desk, started drawing. I knew he was doing something. Uh, and then, so wait, wait, maybe 10 minutes go past, and he goes, okay, great. And I handed him the bowl and the chopsticks back, and he, I said, what are you doing? He goes, no, 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 don't worry about it. And uh, I go away, not, you know, not thinking about what he's doing. He comes back you know, a week later, two weeks later, saying, hey, Mike, guess what? I said, what? He goes, I got this approved for uh, for Atlantis, for Dr. Sweet. And he showed me, and it was my visit with, with the character of Dr. Sweet. He ended up getting it approved uh, as, as the uh, visage of Dr. Sweet, what he looks like. So I, I was the model for Dr. Sweet. I, I thought that was quite cool. I was going to say, and that's a, you know, those are the kind of stories I think that, that, that make every little nugget in life that much more enjoyable. You know, it's, we all have the big moments, we all have the little moments, but it's those little nuggets like that, like that story that, you know, you look back and it, it is one of those that, uh, those are the moments that you live for, the little moments in everyday life and things like that where it just brings a smile to your face. Absolutely. Now, I guess, uh, you know, pushing along here, you know, so many different things you've worked on and you've been involved with so many different, you know, things like that. And, you know, getting back to Disney and uh, all the Disney fans out there, because I'm sure as you've learned, the Disney community is, you know, they are, uh, they, they make sure that they know everything about everybody. Now, for the TTA and the land, is that something that you often get recognized for from just random fans who have approached you or have heard your voice when you've been at the park and they're like, wait, wait, that guy sounds really familiar? You know what? It, it, it happens less than you think, at least for me it does. Uh, I don't get down to the parks too much, uh, but when, when I do, no, it doesn't happen to me too much. I wondered about that myself, but no. <laughs> Well, you know, I I would say that, you know, in the inner Disney circles, especially after listening to you on our show, I I foresee it happening a lot more. (laughs) Well, you know, we have so many different things that we can tackle and talk upon, but I guess stepping aside from your work and, you know, sticking with Disney here, you know, it it wouldn't be the same if we didn't do it. I guess, you know, you've been to the parks, you know, you love them, everything else. Um, Is there one park that is your favorite? And what is your one favorite attraction that's other than one that you voiced? <laughs> All right, you got me there. Okay, okay. Uh, I can answer very clearly the first question, uh, which is my favorite park has to be uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios, which was once uh, Disney MGM. I enjoy that because I enjoy movies. I love where they transport you. Uh, I, I love uh, just all the good stories. I love I, I love it all with movies, so I'd have to say uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios. You said my favorite attraction. <laughs> that's, that's not something I scored. Uh, I'm glad you put it that way. Uh, I would have to say it's that Animal Kingdom. It's uh, um, <laughs> that's it, Expedition Everest. That's it. I don't know why I can't remember that, but yes, I love that attraction. Fantastic. We know that you have so many different things, you know, going on and things like that. And, you know, always busy, always, you know, always part of the Disney parks. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, people are going to, you know, you know, it's going to affect them, whether they're on Space Mountain or on the TTA, things like that. You know, um, it really is going to affect them. Now, I guess as we push along, if anybody wants to find you on the Web or anything else that you have out there, any other music, things like that, where can they, you know, find more about you? 
Well, I have a website. You can reach me at MikeVersell.com. That's M-I-K-E-V-R-A-S-S-E-L-L.com. That has some information on there. Of course, I'm on SoundCloud. You can check me out there, Mike Versell. You can hear more music that I've done for other projects. And, of course, Twitter and Facebook. I'd love to hit me up there as well. Very cool. You know, I mean, and there's so many different things that you've done. I mean, of course, the Space Mountain stereophonic sound, you know, um, being part of, you know, Dream On, Silly Dreamer, and so many different things and projects and, and much, much more. You know, it was our pleasure having you stop in and chat with us and, you know, share some of these moments with uh, all of your listeners out there and all of, our, all of, our, all of your fans, you know, because like I said, you know, come on, the Tomorrowland Transit Authority it is one that uh, everybody has ridden and, and everybody still loves. Well, you know, it, you know, it was our pleasure. And for all of your fans out there and people that are fans of, you know, the Tomorrowland Transit Authority, the land, Space Mountain, all of your fans out there and people that you have affected their life, you know, uh, looping it when they're at the Magic Kingdom. Is there anything you want to leave out there as, you know, lasting words from Mike to all the fans? Absolutely. First of all, thank you for your support. Uh, we can't do what we do without uh, you guys enjoying it, of course. Uh, I want to thank Disney, absolutely, for even giving me a chance to be able to uh, to apply my skills in something that's going to be so long-lasting. What an honor it is. And, uh, of course, for me, I'm in, uh, I like to call myself a motivational anchor. cannot do. So put your mind to it, make a good plan, get the right people around you, uh, and uh, takes massive action, and uh, I think that any and all can achieve their dreams. Very good words of wisdom. You know, Mike, it was our pleasure having you stop in, and you know, you are welcome back anytime that uh, you have anything new coming out, or maybe you know, you might be another voice at the Disney parks that we're going to hear in the future. But thank you once again for stopping in. Thank you. What a pleasure.
Siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Required voice identification. EC82. Hey gang, it's me again, Jason. Welcome back down to the vault. I want to take a few moments here to wish everyone a happy Earth Day, a little belated, but that also means happy birthday, Disney's Animal Kingdom. Of course, with it being Earth Day, Earth Week, and all sorts of earthy things, it brings us to our guest right upstairs at the DOD Studios. We have Mike Brassel. That's right, Mike Brassel? Well, of course, the voice of the TTA, and of course, my personal favorite of the land. And of course, no trip to the happy place is complete ever without visiting the land. I have a very funny story I'd like to share sometime, but it involves a hurricane, a fine British woman, and that exact pavilion. If you're interested, want to hit me up on Facebook or Twitter or anything, I'll tell you the story at any time. Let's get right into it. For, for Mike and the land, I give you our Blu-ray rendition this week of Disney Nature's Earth. Now, some of you may be thinking, Earth and trying to compare it to what BBC had out called Planet Earth. Well, believe it or not, they're almost one and the same, except the difference is Disney takes that very famous magical hug and wraps a beautiful narrative around our beautiful blue planet. What was seven and a half hours for BBC, we've knocked it down to a very enjoyable, family-friendly film 
featuring three distinct families that grace this beautiful blue planet. A pack of polar bears and her cubs, an African elephant herd, and a group of humpback whales. Each story has its own unique challenges and content to face, but each tell that story of survival and the love for this planet. Will you love planet Earth? Of course you will. It's a great Disney narrative that harkens back to the days of the true life adventures that Walt himself looked after. That's what makes this show amazing. And it is, of course, what has propelled the Disney Nature series to continue with African Cats. And coming out this Earth Day, April 22nd, Disney Nature's Bears. This Blu-ray is exceptional. The audio and video quality are phenomenal. The video is in a wonderful 1080p, which looks gorgeous in any high-def television. And the audio, just as stunning. Mastered in 5.1 audio, sounds superb for those late-night evenings. Extras? Why, of course, Disney Nature wouldn't be the same without them. Of course, we have a trivia track and or what would be called the filmmaker's annotations. Kind of goes through exactly the thought process of what was going on. Earth Diaries, which is more a traditional behind-the-scenes documentary that gives the viewer the idea of what went on. And yes, if you don't have a Blu-ray player, there's actually a DVD version that you can throw into your car, the kids' room, anywhere, until you're waiting to get that Blu-ray player, or for those who don't have one. Now, the most fascinating part of this Blu-ray is what's called the Living Menus. It goes back to the main menus with an added twist. There's beautiful factoids, hot spots. It's really a living menu for each of the places that you're going to see throughout this film. Are you going to love Earth? Of course you are. I think with the three packs in which you go through in this film, you get a different perspective of what goes on in our great big blue planet. If you haven't already, rent, stream, or purchase this great Blu-ray you will not be disappointed. Something tells me the minute you watch this one, other Disney nature films will follow. Personally, I have never been disappointed. So we'll file this one back under E and get ready for next week's true adventure. I hope you enjoyed this fine, fabulous week in spring. And remember that, you know, just because the seasons are changing doesn't mean it's not time to sit down with a good DVD now and again. Sometimes those evenings get a little cold, and sometimes the rain does come. So remember, grab a DVD. Earth is a perfect example to do so. So until next week, guys, have a great one, and remember, the magic of Disney movies is always inside of you. Earth. Oceans. African cats, chimpanzee, Disney nature brings to the big screen epic stories starring the wild creatures of our planet, stories with drama, humor, triumph, and unforgettable characters like Mara, Freddy, and Oscar. And from the very beginning, Disney Nature has committed itself to making a meaningful difference in the world. And we've made the Disney Nature audience our partners. 
For every ticket purchased opening week to see a Disney nature film, moviegoers are participating with a portion of their ticket going to help our planet and its wild creatures through special programs coordinated by the Disney Worldwide Conservation Fund with growing emphasis on connecting a new generation to nature. It would be utterly useless in my continuing to try and save chimpanzees if we're not raising new generations to be better stewards than we've been. And now, Disney Nature is proud to announce our next motion picture event. Bears, coming to theaters to celebrate Earth Day 2014. What we're trying to do is to take people to one of the most beautiful landscapes on our planet, Alaska, and engage them in a really emotional story about one of the most iconic animals on our planet, the grizzly bear. <laughs> Our filmmakers will transport audiences to the remote and untamed shores of the Alaskan wild for a stunning yet intimate look into the lives of grizzly bear families. Grizzly bears are probably one of the most intelligent animals on our planet, that they're social, gentle creatures. You've got great, iconic animals in a perfect scenic backdrop. I mean, what more could you ask for? Robbie Benson, the author of I'm Not Dead Yet and also The Beast. And you're listening to Disney On Demand. There's always gonna be some canyon. There's always gonna be a river I cannot cross Somewhere along this path that's chosen me I know I'm gonna fall down, feel lost, feel weak But wherever it leads No one said this would ever be
Disney On Demand with Jonathan Johnson. Ooh. Dibs. Okay, I'm convinced. All right, all of you D-heads, so I'm back once again, and thank you for tuning in for show number 72 for the week of April 24th, 2014, as we celebrated Earth Day, the future, and everything all around on this great big planet that we live on. And I want to extend a very special thank you once again to Mike Brissell for taking the time out of his busy schedule and stopping in to talk with all of you D-heads. Thank you once again, Mike, for stopping in, chatting with all of us, and the next time we're at the Walt Disney World Resort, we are definitely going to be thinking of you, especially with the Tomorrowland Transit Authority, Space Mountain, and all the other goodies. We are going to be on the lookout for more coming from you, Mr. Mike Purcell. Thank you once again for stopping in here at the show. And I'd also like to thank the D-Team. Yes, Aaron, Lexi, Paige, and Jason, all for stopping in here this week and sharing their signature segments with you. Without the D-Team, there would be no show. So thank all of you for stopping in and adding that little bit of magic to the show here this week. And remember, you can always connect up with the D-Team on our official website at DizRadio.com. And finally, as I always say, it wouldn't be a complete show if I didn't say it. Thank you, the D-Heads. You are the reason that we do this show every single week. You are the reason that week in, week out, we continue to bring these shows of the magic, the memories, and everything from your lifetime of Disney. So thank all of you D-Heads for stopping in, spreading the word, and continuing to make the show happen. So all of you D-Heads, with that said, we had all kinds of fun. We are celebrating Earth, celebrating the planet, and the future all in the same while taking that trip through Tomorrowland, the land, and Space Mountain. We've had all kinds of fun. So before I clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in for show number 73 here next week, I do want to give you all the different ways that you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the latest news blogs, the complete archives of all 72 shows, and more. Right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Instant Messenger, Skype, and Pinterest. Just search Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, and Disney Blue. B-L-U. And remember, you can always subscribe to our show and get it right there when they happen, when they get released on your mobile device, on your iPad, your Android, and more. Just subscribe through iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Just search Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, all the different ways to stay connected, I'm going to let you in as to who's going to be stopping in here next week for show number 73. And you know what? Why don't you just give me a break? All right, I had to say it. Yes, give me a break. You may remember that classic 80s sitcom. Yes, give me a break, right? Come on, you all remember it. Well, next week we have none other than Laura Jill Miller stopping in here at the show. You may remember her from the classic 80s sitcom Give Me a Break, but she's also an accomplished voice actress who currently does the voice of Henry Hugglemonster on Henry Hugglemonster. She also plays Lammy on Doc McStuffins. She's been part of Digimon, Clifford, Curious George, and more. And Laura Jill Miller is going to be stopping in and talking about her voice acting career, going back to those days of Give Me a Break, and all kinds of fun. So gear up next week, all of you D-heads, for show number 73. So with all of that said, I hope you enjoyed our show here this week. We had all kinds of fun taking that trip through your lifetime of Disney. And as I always say, as we get busy, as we get crazy, take a moment, step back, 
and never neglect family for business. Until next week, all of you D-heads, I'll catch you online. Prepare yourself for an adventure like no other. Disney's Animal Kingdom. Every breathtaking path and trail in this fourth Walt Disney World theme park calls you to explore, to discover sensational shows, wild attractions, and amazing natural encounters. Let the adventure begin. The Tree of Life is full of surprises, inside and out. Its mighty trunk is cloaked with a tapestry of hand-carved animals. Inside the tree, cure your fear of bugs in the hilarious 3D spectacular, It's Tough to Be a Bug. Then, wander into Harambe, an Eastern African coastal village, the hop-on point for Kilimanjaro safaris. On safari, you'll trek across 110 acres of African savanna, surrounded by real, freely roaming wildlife. But beware, the poachers are nearby. Venture into Asia to challenge the wild white waters and spinning currents of Kali River Rapids. Then stroll through the wonders of Maharaja Jungle Trek. Across the way, the king of the jungle gets his jungle friends jumping as Tarzan rocks live on stage. And the thrills continue in Dinoland USA, where you can blast back in time to face flaming meteors and hungry predators on Dinosaur. It's unlike any adventure ever. If you dig dinosaurs, stop around the Boneyard, a giant playground dig site where you can climb, slide, and slither over dino fossils, even unearth a mammoth. If you want some up-close and cuddly encounters with live animals, catch a train over to Conservation Station. Of all the Disney's Animal Kingdom thrills, none will awe you more than Festival of the Lion King. A theatrical sensation in Camp Mini Mickey, recreating moments from the Disney animated classic. And just around the bend, you'll discover Pocahontas and her friends telling nature's tale. Disney's Animal Kingdom, an unforgettable journey into the story of animals. Those once upon the earth to those once upon a time. <laughs> Not a zoo. Not a Disney's Animal Kingdom, it's many Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.